But we begin with the question that I posed yesterday and that has been rattling around inside my brain. And the more I think about it, the more angry and the more upset I get. Because where is the accountability? Where is the transparency? Where is the bloody SIU? We are at a point when we have to ask hard questions about the way that police respond to people with mental health disorders. And we've known this for a long time. This is not news to anybody. It should not be news to anybody. The list of names, people who have been killed in tragic encounters with the police, people who are mentally ill, and almost exclusively the names I rhyme off will be people of color. So we have a police force with a clear systemic racist portion of it. And it's just there. Let's just put that to the side and accept that. It's there. There's systemic racism within the police. And I don't think we don't have to discuss that as to that's a true or not, because it's true. And then on top of that, you got the cops with guns and tasers and all the rest, and they're being sent in. When people, when families call to say, I have a loved one in distress who needs help. We need a community care worker to come here to help out. And who do they send? They send the cops. And time and time again, we ask as the public to say, well, listen, this doesn't seem right. This this should not have happened. And what what happens is we get, oh, we're going to do better. Get back to better training. It's all about the training. That's it. It's the police that need better training. Well, the training's not working. And all of the promises to do better, it was just last October, the Toronto police chief, in the wake of what happened to Sammy Yatim, said, yes, we're going to do better. And what have we seen in York or in Peel region? What have we seen? 62-year-old Ijaz Chowdhury killed over the weekend. DeAndre Campbell, 26 years old, killed on April 6. He was undergoing a mental health crisis, Mr. Campbell, called 911. The SIU says while the officers arrived, because there were reports of a domestic incident, they went in, they tasered him, and then they subsequently fired gunshots multiple times. A knife was reportedly recovered by investigators. We don't have a lot to go on there. You know why? You know why we don't have a lot to go on? Because the SIU is in charge of all the information. And we don't have any more information because the Special Investigations Unit, the way that the law works in this province, is that that civilian agency, which is pretty much exclusively staffed by former cops, that is the agency that is responsible for investigating police and then getting back to us, the public, and our civic leaders and our politicians, those that we actually can hold to account with elections, where we can say, no, no, you're, you're out, you're not doing enough. So the people who are actually accountable to us, does not include the SIU, have been saying repeatedly, the SIU has to move faster. We have to do more. Here's a statement from the Peel Police Services Board. 
This came out yesterday. The Peel Police Services Board is saddened by the events of recent weeks in which two separate mental health-related calls into Peel Regional Police resulted in the deaths of two Peel residents. We also know the community is angry and frustrated. Everyone rightfully wants answers, and so do we. This is a statement from the Peel Police Services Board. As deaths that involve police interactions, the Special Investigations Unit, that's the SIU, has invoked its mandate. The board and the Peel Police Chief have requested the SIU work as expeditiously as possible to conclude these investigations so that the public can be informed of their full findings. So we have no information, no timeline of when we're going to get information with whatever happened to Mr. Chowdhury, why it was that police went busting in through his balcony door, tasered him, and then shot him. After police refused to allow family members to go and talk to him, after family members told them he's an older, infirm man with mental health issues, he's scared of cops, he's scared of people in uniforms. Nope, family can't go in and talk to him. We're just going to send in the cops with the guns. Now, I believe in due process, and I hope you do too. But what if the due process is conducted by an organization that does not have the confidence of the people? On this very program yesterday, Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie said of the SIU, people in the community do not have confidence in the Special Investigations Unit. The family of Regis Korczynski-Paquette, that family does have no confidence in the SIU. That young woman, 29 years old, fell to her death from a balcony as police responded in Toronto. Again, familiar story, called because of a mental health crisis. Their mother called, the mother of Miss Korczynski-Paquette called and was hopeful that her daughter would be taken to Cam H. Yesterday I had our Queen's Park Bureau Chief, Travis Danraj, who uh, is, uh, as I mentioned, our Queen's Park uh, Bureau Chief. And he calls into the press conference from the Premier every day. And basically he's probably on the hold right now. you got to call in an hour in advance just to be on hold to be able to get a shot at getting a question in. Uh, And what I did is I I talked to Travis just prior to it, and I said, here's what I, I want you to ask. I want you to ask. Does the premier have confidence in the SIU? Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people in this province that do not. Here is Travis's question and the answer from the premier. There are a lot of people that are concerned about the SIU that don't have confidence in the SIU. What would you tell them and do you have confidence in uh, Ontario's Special Investigations Unit? Well, I do. Uh, they're, they're a pretty tough unit, and they're going to look into this. And first of all, I, I want to say, no matter what happened, because no one, none of us know the exact details until the SIU goes in there and does their investigation, uh, my heart and prayers go out, go out to the family that lost a loved one, no matter what happened. Right? This is a, a terrible situation, unfortunate. But let's, let's see what uh, the report says, uh, because I, I just don't believe in and pointing fingers uh, at any uh, group, any organization, until we get the details, because the details will tell the story. That is Premier Doug Ford speaking yesterday in response to a question from our Queen's Park Bureau Chief Travis Danraj, and the Premier saying he does have confidence in the Special Investigations Unit.
On the line right now is Mohammed Hashim, who is the board of, on the board of directors for Urban Alliance on Race Relations. And Mohammed, welcome to the program. I will begin with the same questions for you. Do you uh, have confidence in the Special Investigations Unit? Absolutely not. Time and time and over again, we've we've seen that you know it's it, the mentality of police is about protecting their own. For some odd reason, they have a sense of victimhood that no one believes their narrative, that they're trying their best and that they are doing the right thing, and they can all they and and that if someone makes a mistake, well, it's a little bit of a mistake. It's not that big a deal. But the sense of protectionism that is within the cop culture is so pervasive that you see them always rally around each other. Has the name of the police officer been released yet? No. Do we know that, uh, if that person has been suspended with pay or without pay or fired or disciplined or anything? No. Why not? Because, well, there's an investigation going. But really, it's like, who are they? They are protecting him. They're protecting the police officer that went in there and shot and killed a 62-year-old man for no reason and then, and then and, and, and is being held to zero accountability publicly or to any level of scrutiny. You know, there was, like, the, the coroner was leaving the, um, the apartment building uh, soon after, um, you know, like she pronounced him dead. And a kid went up to her and asked her, like, was there a gun there? And she's like, no, I didn't see a gun there. There was no gun uh, on the scene. And, and I think there's a video circulating around about that as well. And, um, and that, that tells you that like, these cops are, are like, like, even with such blatant evidence that you see of the videos that are, are out there, they just, they circle the wagons, they protect their own. And that's the same thing. Those same cops that retire and go off and become SIU uh, investigators do the exact same thing over and over again. They come from the same mentality, and they protect their own. The Premier today in the House, uh, the, the House is in session today, and the Premier was asked again about this and whether or not there should be a full public inquiry to with what happened with Mr. Chaudhry, and he again expressed his confidence in the Special Investigations Unit as a civilian agency overseeing the police. I'm just... I'm wondering how do we move forward here if a community has no confidence in the agency that is supposed to investigate the police? The premier has to listen. The premier has to move. If, if like, the whole point of having trust in a democratically elected government is that we have trust in their ability to do the right thing. If the public has lost trust, and I would love to see them polling data on this, uh, in the SIU to be able to deliver a sense of justice, the premier has to move. The premier can't take the position that, well, I, I believe the SIU at some point will say something and therefore I'll believe what they have to say and that'll be the end of it. Because time and time again, uh, we've seen that that has not resulted in criminal charges, that has not resulted in justice being provided to, to those who have been. And, and let's be straight here, nine people, nine people in the last you know, two months have been killed in Canada at the hands of the police. They're black, they're brown, they're indigenous. And that's, and, and there was, and what was really telling, and I, I'm glad you said it, that, that there is a problem of systemic racism within the policing, and it is a fact, because there was a, a very similar incident in Miramichi, where the, RC, where the RCMP was called for somebody who, who was having a mental health ep, uh, episode. And in that, he was a white man, and he was wielding a knife, and he was holding people, uh, and they talked him down. 
and they were able to de-escalate the situation. So you see, when you see examples like that, and you see what happened over here, where there was this man, Ijaz Chaudhary, could barely keep a cup of tea in his hand for five minutes without shaking. How is he going to be of harm to somebody? And there was nobody else in that room. Who is he going to harm? Just himself? Why would they go and shoot him when the only threat of a person, like a, a person that is a threat was him? And, if, and, and, and even that, he's not a bunch of, much of a threat. I'm speaking with Mohammed Hashim, who is on the board of directors for Urban Alliance on Race Relations. And, you know, Mohammed, I was thinking about this last night and thinking about the dangers to people with mental health issues. And Cam H weighed in today to say that yeah. police should not be responding to mental health issues. But it's deeper than that, because, as you point out, when was the last time you heard about, you know, a white person in a white neighborhood who had a schizophrenic episode and police went in and just shot and killed them? Because it didn't, you know, it doesn't happen. But it happens happen. to people of color repeatedly. It happens to Black Canadians and Indigenous Canadians, and I, the, I mean, it, the facts are just staring us straight in the face. Yeah, it's it's, and you know, we this is our government. We expect our government to gain our trust. We expect them to be able to do their due diligence. Uh, make the right decisions. And at this point, it's, it's incredibly heartbreaking. And, you know, last night, I, I was speaking to one of the nephews this morning uh, of Ijaz Chaudhary, and he was saying last night uh, the 11-year-old or 12-year-old uh, son of Ijaz, who had not spoken since his father's death, uh, at around 1 o'clock he decides to go outside for a walk. And the cousins jumped around and said, no, you're, where are you going? What are you doing? And then he just barged outside and then they, they held him. And they're like, what are, you, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I just needed some air. And then he's like, I, I didn't want to cry in front of my mother. Because they're so fragile that the mom is going like, to almost explode in tears. And the 11-year-old is saying, I don't want to cry in front of my mother. Um, and then he himself, for the first time, burst into tears for two hours in his cousin's arms. This is the impact of what policing is doing. Like this person was not a threat to anybody. He was well-loved. He was, he was well-respected. People, you know, and, and, and the thing is that they've had episodes like this before, where it's gone a lot more different, where, you know, they've had mental health workers or paramedics or others, you know, come there and help restrain him and give him his medication and things, okay, things are okay. And this time, it was not that. Like, he, he, the family was shocked. Even after they heard the, like, the shots fired, they were, they, they, it, didn't, it didn't come in, it didn't register to them that he was killed or that those were even shots. They just thought the door uh, was being banged on. It, it, is, it, it is an unimaginable amount of pain that this family is now going through. Um, and it, it just shows you this is not a one-time thing. It's not a two-time thing. It just happens again and again and again and again. And, if, and if at this point, where it's so blatantly clear, so blatantly clear what, how wrong this is, how, like, even with Cam H's statement today saying, you know, we need a new direction in, in crisis care. That's incredibly true because there's just no confidence in the police to be able to, to do this. And there's no confidence. In, I have no confidence in the accountability of the police at all. I, and, 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 you know, even 
uh, if you're looking at city council at, at Toronto right now, and they're kind of twisting and turning themselves to figure out how do they respond to the, what this moment in crisis looks like. You know, they, city, Toronto City Council can tell TCHC, they can tell uh, Hydro, they can tell all their different agencies what to do and give them direction, except for the police. So what is the democratic oversight that we have over policing? And it's none. And that needs to change. And the, and the premier needs to be held account for that. Mohammed, it's a tough, tough subject, uh, and it's important that we look it straight in the face and see what the facts are telling us. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I just, and I just wanted to say, you know, I really appreciate, you know, my family uh, watches you, Farah and Anthony, every day at six. And, you know, we loved you when you were at Queen's Park, and we loved Travis when he was at Queen's Park. And I'm so, uh, I, I, to hear your voice being so enraged about this gives me, and I'm going to relate this to the family as well, a lot of a lot of courage because we know how important your your voice on this is and and please and please i keep on bringing this to light thank you very much thank you mohammed i appreciate that very much